supposed to fall down. I mean, what a great job. Yeah, yeah. This gets better and better. I look forward to the next one we do. Right, Michelle? <laughs> hey, can y'all do me a favor? Can y'all help me sing one more song? You can? I think you may know this one. You see, tomorrow's a very special day. Tomorrow is Miss Michelle's birthday. So, can we sing happy birthday to Miss Michelle? Yeah! Okay, you ready? One, two, three. So uh, we just want to uh, worship the Lord and enjoy the day. We will have service tonight uh, at 6 o'clock, so don't forget that. Just regular time, sharing God's Word, singing hymns, and enjoying that time together. If you're visiting with us today, we want you to know you're our special guest. We're thrilled that God has led you here. And it's such a special time. Uh, we were able to post the pictures of 11 precious Brothers and sisters in Christ baptized last Amen. Sunday night. And what a joy. Man, we celebrate that life. And so, come. It was such a wonderful time in Sunday school. Listening to a New Beginnings class that did not exist five months ago. Setting goals for the future. And so we praise the Lord for what He's doing. We look forward to great anticipation of what God is going to do. And we're just going to enjoy the ride. Amen? Amen. Make sure that you hug Miss Michelle's neck. Tell her happy birthday. Uh, because I have officially granted a request to send her away a little bit uh, to enjoy her birthday. And so just let her know how much we appreciate her and all that she did uh, for our, our musical. What a great success. So let's just enjoy the Lord this morning. And again, I say... Rejoice. <laughs> 
praise for the things that he has done for us. Uh, and it's so great to know that we serve a God who no matter what's going on in life, um, he's there. And we can cry out with a, uh, a desperate heart or a joyful heart or a passionate heart and know that the Lord Jesus Christ knows our needs and hears our hears us call. So I changed what the Lord had been going maybe. Let's worship together.
we can follow you uh, when we are weak and we can, uh, we can trust in you and we can call on your name. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, today as we continue just to uh, worship together as a body that um, we would just truly rest uh, in your arms, Lord, just rest in your grace, uh, rest in your presence. Um, your God that heals, uh, your God that encourages, your God that uh, brings joy, and I pray that all that takes place here today. Lord, I pray that um, right now as we um, take this time to give back a, a portion to you, to give back our tithes and offerings, um, I pray that we would do so obediently. And Lord, just out of, out of love for you, we just love you, and uh, we worship you, and we praise your name. Amen. <coughs> Peace, my 
Christmas. You'll catch that in one of 
But I read another place where someone said they'd had the tree up for 40 years. Well, you know, some people get into that too. But what do we do that the Christmas play, all the work is over, and the Christmas parties are over, and all of that kind of stuff is done. The presents are exchanged. All that is over. What do we do? Because it seems like now that it's over, we're thinking about what are we going to do next year? What are our New Year's resolutions? And I'm already seeing people saying, Happy New Year! I'm like, dude, man, we still got a week. Don't rush. You know, my mother always said, don't wish your life away. What are we going to do today? What are we going to do this week besides watch football? What are we going to do? I think about Saul, who we better know as Paul. Some of us are still Saul. Some of us were Saul. But now we're Paul in the sense that God has radically changed our life. But I'm here to tell you the world's waiting on a Paul. The world's waiting on you to be Paul. To not only see the light, experience the light, but to carry the light forward for it's hidden in this dark and dying world. Look with me in Acts 9. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues. That if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Now I want you to understand, who wrote the book of Acts? Who? Luke. Luke the physician wrote the Acts of the Apostles. But after this one, we don't see another writer in the New Testament except for the Apostle Paul until you get to roughly, I believe he wrote Hebrews, so I'm going to say 1 Peter. So all of those epistles are written by a man named the Apostle Paul. But the Apostle Paul right here is the guy that we are all concerned about today. The one who is trying to take prayer out of the schools and is taking prayer out of school. Saul is the guy that's trying to handcuff our chaplains in the military. He is the one that doesn't want anything about religion at the courthouse. Saul is the one that's defacing the nativity scenes in our neighborhoods. <coughs> that's Saul. Are y'all with me? He literally, and he had the government support. Sounds like a lot of people I know today. And so he was going out breathing threatenings and violence. I mean, this dude was on a jihad. <coughs> Not an Islamic jihad, a Jewish jihad. He was in a holy war, he believed, in destroying this new birthing, new religion 
this new cult to him called Christianity. Matter of fact, it wasn't called that yet. It wasn't even a name to it. They were just Jesus followers until the church, the people around Antioch called them Christians because they lived like Christ, acted like Christ, and preached the doctrine of Christ. And so Saul was on, on his horse. He was at And he journeyed, it said in verse 3. He came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined right round about him a light from heaven. He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I and Jesus, whom you persecute. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I want you to see something about this desperate need for life. The light of Jesus Christ. You know, I'm, I'm a big sports fan. And look, the brighter and the louder and the faster, the happier I am. That's just I, it's, it's in my blood. It's in my DNA. That's the way I like it. And, uh, you know, the bigger halftime shows, the, the, the louder the, the music, I, I love it. I, I just, sorry, I do. Uh, that, that's it. And, and as human beings, we like it big. We like it nice. We like it to be what we want it to be. And in this world... There is so much false light being broadcast before the world. They're saying, oh, come over to our group and we can make you happy because we're famous and we'll make you rich and we'll make you well-liked and we'll make you popular and we'll make you healthy and we'll make everybody love you and want you and be part of you. There's only one life that can change this world. It's that life. That is the glory of God. It's the light of Jesus Christ that he spoke about in John 1. When John the Baptist said, I'm not that light. But I'm talking about the one who is. You see, we're just the moon. Does the moon generate any light? No, it's just a big glob. Just a... Uh, kind of a planet type. It's not a star because it does not glow at all. It just rotates around. It's a moon. And the moon does not generate any light, but when it's in its orbit in the right place, it displays the light of the sun. That's, what, that's who we are. We are to be in our orbit where God has placed us so that wherever we're at, we're reflecting the light of Jesus Christ. That's good astronomy. That's biblical astronomy. But it's true, am I right? Because what happens if the earth gets between the moon and the sun? It becomes an eclipse, right? It becomes an eclipse so that the light cannot reflect off the moon. When we let the world stand between us and the Lord Jesus Christ, 
The earth stands in darkness. <coughs> what happens when the moon stands between the earth and the sun? Same thing, a lunar eclipse. And sometimes we can come to church, we can sing all the songs, and we can study all the lessons, and we can have all the Sunday school parties, but we're never stepping out and getting in the rotation God wants us to be so that the lost, dark world can see the light of Jesus Christ. We've got to get outside of our little world and get in the rotation God's placed on us. We need to turn on the light. For Saul, the light was turned on. It says right here that as he journeyed, there was a light that shone round about him, a light from heaven. I want you to notice something about this overarching light. It was very personal. It was not just a light that says, I am God, everybody fear me. It was not like that, was it? This is no message Look, you got up this morning. You might as well get something from it. You know, I was dragging this morning too. We drove, it took four hours to get from Atlanta to Macon yesterday. I'm not joking. We made many stops, but it was not off the interstate. It was just from here to there, from there to there, from there to there. Four hours. And an hour and 15 minute ride. We left before 12 o'clock. We got home at 7 last night. So I'm tired too. I, I get that. But listen, we ought to be more excited than ever before because we are remembering what happened this past week in reflection of what really happened 2,000 years ago. And Jesus Christ is still the light of the world. That's why I'm preaching this this morning. God overwhelmed me the other night, day after Christmas. Y'all know I'm not, I'm not a go-to-bed-early kind of guy. And uh, this all happened with no football on the day after Christmas. And I went to bed at 11 o'clock. Everybody's like, he's getting sick. But I was all, God was just, had just grabbed my heart. I've been reading over this, but I just need to get alone and just go in there by myself and read. And... and there's such a need for a Paul in the classroom. Such a need for Paul on your job. There's such a need for Paul in Claxton, Georgia. Amen. We need it. We need it on College Street. We need it on MLK. We need it on Pine Ridge Drive. We need it on Peter Street. We need it on 301, 280. We need Pauls who have experienced the light and God has radically changed them. And here's the thing. This light was so personal and it, it was sudden and unexpected. God wants to grab your attention and you may be wanting your attention right here today. God has placed this message on this pastor's heart for you. Now, I believe it's for everyone 
in some sense, but it's one of those messages that you come and later on, you may or you may not, it doesn't matter, but you come to a point and say, that message was for me. Have you ever felt that way? Well, I have. <coughs> There's messages that I've prepared before that I couldn't preach for weeks, if not months, because it was for me, and I had to deal with some things before I could ever preach it. Well, I believe this message is so impactful, it would reach all of us, but especially someone that needs a sudden burst of God's life, His glory in your life. There's a darkness that seems to pervade everything you do. And I'm not just talking about everything seems to be messed up, problems here. I'm talking about the weight of depression, the weight of neglect, the, the weight of thinking, I don't even think I matter anymore. That I'm not relevant. That somehow I cannot find joy in this life anymore. I'm here to tell you today that the light of Jesus Christ is very sudden and unexpected. But it's always when we need it. Saul desperately needed this life. But I want you to think for a minute. You reckon the people in heaven that walks up to Paul now says, boy, I'm glad that Jesus showed you that light then because I was the one you was coming after. Somebody's waiting on you to have that light shining in your life. Somebody needs you to show the hope that is Jesus Christ. And it's personal. He said, Saul, Saul, he called him by name. That means there's a responsibility with the light. What are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with David's dynasty? It wasn't just to be cute. It wasn't just to see our little sweet children and videotape them and all that. It wasn't just that. It was a message. Jesus is the Christ. He is Lord and He can change lives. We'll just show Him the light. It's personal. You can't call it off on anybody else. Okay? You can't say, I'm not called to do this. I'm not called to do this. Look, the calling is fixing to happen. But for some of you here, you can't take that step because you've never taken the first one. You're still blinded in the darkness of this world. And you have never professed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. You're a good person. You may even be a member of this church. You may even be baptized two or three times. But you're lost and you know you're lost. Because there's never been a point where you truly got right with God and gave it all to Him and said, I can't save myself. I can't fix myself. I'm not good enough. There's nothing about me worth saving. But I confess that you love me and you died for me. And it is only through your blood, your cross, and your resurrection that I may have the newness of life. Lord, come into my life, forgive me, and save me. Got to be personal. See, God didn't call me to be saved through my parents. Now they told me about Jesus. 
I wasn't saved because I had good Sunday school teachers or a good pastor, even though they told me about Jesus. Came to a point where Jesus called my name. He called me by my name. He said, you must be born again. Saul, Saul. Why? Why are you beating your head against the wall? It is me. It is Jesus. The one that you persecute. It is a responsibility that only we can bear. Knowing that in judgment, we'll be judged by our name. And our name alone. For our works. And our works alone. I'm here to tell you. Parents. Your children are going to answer for what they do. You may save them and protect them and guard them now. But are we doing them favors by not teaching them the truth that there are consequences to actions? Don't tell you, young people. Listen to me. I'm old. Okay? I get that. I'm coming to grips. I'm not the cool, you know, not that I was ever to, but I get that I don't relate in some ways. But I do want to know one thing. It hasn't changed. In the 30-something years since I walked the hall from the teacher in high school, it hasn't changed. Christian kids still think because mom and daddy's not around and their buddies are doing it, they need to do it and stay cool. And so the foul language... The obscene <laughs> jokes and acts, the misbehavior, it won't get you in a whole lot of trouble at school. You're going to stand before God. But we judge those and we look at those who may become pregnant out of wedlock. <coughs> That's something that needs to be avoided at all costs, except for. It has to do abstinence. Let me put it that way. Okay? Amen. Not after the fact. Keep yourself pure now. But I'm here to tell you, it's not just that. And it's not just drugs. The pornography, the just the vileness that pervades it. The things I've heard and seen. Just being around just blows my mind. It saddens and breaks my heart. But I'm here to tell you, I can't run from it if I'm going to be light. Y'all want Evans County to change. I, that don't sound like much hope of change right there. Because I'm convinced it's the east side that can do it. Or I wouldn't be here. I just do. We've got people from every walk of life. We've got people that work for big corporations. We've got people that work in local businesses. We've got business owners. We've got people at the hospital. Hospital. We've got people in uh, all through the medical field. We've got people that ride our streets every day in police cars and fire trucks and walk the halls of our schools. All the schools every day, I am convinced that Eastside could turn Evans County upside down.
upside down if we would just get to the point we realize who Jesus is. He said, who are you? He said, Saul, I'm Jesus. If we would get a little excited about who Jesus is in our life, we'd want to tell the world about it. You see, the thing he said in verse 5, who are, who are you? We've got to test the spirits and see if they're of God. The Bible tells us that. Sometimes I see believers quote people that I'm like, are you kidding me? I thought that Christian knew better than to quote somebody that don't know better. We'll quote somebody because it sounds rich and it sounds good and it sounds wonderful. It's pie in the sky religion. You know, cotton candy gospel. It tastes really good in your mouth, but there's no real nutrition. It doesn't last very long. You hear me? We're not here to feel good. It's not about our preferences in worship. It's about what glorifies Him because it was the glory of God that is the light that gives life unto man. It's all about His glory. What are we doing to reflect that glory? Before he could ever get to being Paul, he had to test the spirits and see who he was. Are you listening to God? Our Sunday school class this morning, we talked in First John chapter 5. That if we will pray and seek God's will, he'll answer us. Are we praying that God's will be done? God's will would be done. I'm afraid too many of us are not because we're afraid what the answer may be. We may have to repent if it's we pray, thy will be done. We may have to quit something. We pray, thy will be done. We may have to start doing something if we pray, thy will be done. We may have to give more if we pray, thy will be done. But I'm telling you, there's nothing in this world, my son's school class of three, there's absolutely positively nothing greater than to be in the center of God's will. And if he says it, then he'll do it. And he said it, we'll pray in his will, he'll do it. And so, you see that personal light, but the overseeing light, that, that purposeful light, he said in verse 6, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will you have me to do? The Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. See, God's light is purposeful in that it gives us direction. I love the scripture in the Psalms that said, it, His word shall be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It, it, it guides me. Now, you've ever been out hunting at night legally <coughs> or you've been out walking somewhere at night especially in the woods you shine the light it doesn't glow your path all the way to the end does it where do you shine the light at your feet and you're just making sure the next step's not going to be in the hole the next step's not going to be off the and that's the Lord's guidance. Because the Lord wants us to walk by faith, not by sight. And He's going to guide us step by step. If we will just allow His Word 
to blow our path. It's purposeful. It gives us direction. Where are you going? What are you going to do in five years? What are you going to do? Where are you going to be? Where are y'all going to school? Where are you going to be? What's, I mean, you know, you may not know exactly right now, but you can be praying about it. Can't be praying God guide me. Parents, don't wait until their seniors start learning, wondering and, and get old. Serious about it. Pray about it now. Where are they going to go? What, what are they going to do? God, don't let me overly influence them. God, you call them. You direct them in the path that they should go. Where's our church going to be in time? We're going to talk a little bit more about this in the coming weeks, but where are we going to Three years ago, I'd get to preach in this pulpit as you're saying. Just three years ago. I know it seems like 20 to some of you. <laughs> but my, it seems like it has flown by. Three years ago, I was preaching a funeral for one of my dear friends. 44 years of age. He died on Christmas Day. God's life is purposeful in that it gives us direction. He was willing to hear because look, in a way, he was seeing the direction with his ears. You get me? Couldn't see, could he? What does the Bible say the light of God did? It blinded him. So he couldn't see where he was going, but he could hear where he needed to go. My sister-in-law's blind. I mean blind. I'm not talking about 2050, legally blind, can't drive. I'm talking about blind. I'm talking about she don't even have her eyes anymore. She's blind. And so she listens. You don't whisper around her. No, they, you might as well be yelling because she's going to hear you. You'd be in the next room and be whispering about something she'll answer you. Because her other senses have been sharpened. And so she hears, but she sees by taste, by listening, by feel. And as born-again believers, the Bible says, blessed are those who believe yet have not seen. Remember what, who he told him, told that to? Thomas. That once he saw Jesus, he said, oh my Lord and my God. He said, oh blessed are you Thomas for believing. But blessed even more of those who have not seen yet they still believe. We've yet not seen Jesus follow. But we have heard him. We can follow him in direction by listening to that purposeful light. You see that it's overseeing the vision. He said in verse 6, in trembling astonished, said, What will you have me to do? And the Lord said, Arise and go. Go. He was willing to do. He said, What do you, what, what do you want me to do? Sometimes I'm a I'm afraid we, we hesitate in coming to an altar of surrender because 
we want to know the exacts of the plan before we surrender. We feel an urging to do something, but we want God to give us a prospectus of what we're going to do. We want an appendix, an addendum. We want a whole bill of rights laid out for the plan for our life. And what God wants us to do is to step out, to fall down, and let His light shine on us so that we say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. It's a purposeful life. That's the vision of being willing to do whatever He'd have us to do. think we'd be surprised if we would look over and see just how ordinary major players in Christianity have been. It was you. It was an ordinary joke. It was the ordinary <coughs> suit. It was not the extraordinary. It was not the standout. Matter of fact, this is one of the not par for the course stories. This is kind of a, a bigger story because people like Andrew and Peter and James and John and many of the prophets in the Old Testament, they were just shepherds and fishermen and unlearned men. Saul was one of the most brilliant men to ever be called into ministry, but he came from one of the most depths of Sin, matter of fact, he called himself the chief. But when we see the purpose of his life, it's overseeing life we're willing to do and we're willing to go. Well, where would God have you go? Going to the jails and tell juveniles in detention that Jesus is the only hope for their lives? To lead a mission trip, go somewhere in North America, and go do backyard Bible clubs and vacation Bible school to help in construction. I, I don't know what it is. Only you can know. And listen, I, I want to do all that. As your pastor, I'm leading that. But hear me. God gives you your call, and He gives me the power to help lead and facilitate it. But if you're not coming forward and saying, this is something I feel led to do, this is something I feel drawn to do, I can't know and make up the plans for everything. You hear me? I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to go back to the gypsy villages in Ukraine. That's where I want to go. I've seen Christmas pictures of that village I went to. And it was Christmas pictures of the church I preached in and went to the baptism and saw people saved at the baptism. That church now that we went from America and ministered to this church in Zapsody, Ukraine had a van full of presents that they were handing out in the gypsy villages and telling people about Jesus. Not just American Christians that are on the mission field. There's so many things we can do. So many places we can go. But we must be willing, church. I like to see that 2015 is the year of willingness at Eastside Baptist Church. That we're willing to 
Do that which is uncomfortable. Do that which doesn't fit the mold. Do that which we've never done before. Well, at least we didn't do it that way. It's a powerful life. He said in verse 7 through 9, The men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did he eat nor drink. I want you to understand the overwhelming nature of this life. First of all, it overwhelms our senses. He couldn't see he couldn't, he couldn't do anything. When God visits our lives, nothing will satisfy us but Him. Y'all with me? You ever been to the point where you didn't want to eat? You didn't want to sleep? You, you just wanted to pray? You just wanted to talk to God? You just wanted... And I'm talking about it in a positive way. You ever been so excited with Jesus that you just had to tell somebody what the Lord has done for your life? If it's been a while, maybe it's time for a check. It's been a while since you've told anybody who Jesus is. I'm going to be honest with you. As I prepared this, I began to look back over my own heart and ask myself, when's the last time I personally led someone to Jesus Christ? Not just told them about Jesus, but led them to Christ. It's been a while. I'm bound to determine to be a soul winner in 2015. Not that I can win souls, but I can bring them to the light that will be their life. And if you think that for some reason there's some kind of doctrine in the Bible that relieves you of that obligation, you're sadly mistaken. I don't think I don't care how bright you think you are. God's word tells us all that as believers we've been called to a dark, lost world to proclaim Jesus Christ and Him alone, discipling and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's called the Great Commission. You may want to read it in Matthew 28. <coughs> Church. It is time for us to get up. We may not be able to see 2015, but we can hear God's call on our life. We can hear the direction He wants us to go, and we can be powerful and purposeful in His power and in His purpose. We can go out. Though our senses are overwhelmed, we must surrender, He said in verse 8. He arose, and though His eyes opened, saw no man, and was led by the hand. Some of us just need to swallow our, swallow our pride and let someone lead us and help us to be ministered the way God would have us to go. In just a few weeks, we're going to do small groups on Sunday night again. I'm not real sure about all of them, but the women are going to finish the book of Esther. They didn't get but halfway through. And uh, when the first lady, pastor's wife, asked you to continue the class, you pretty much say yes. Especially if she's the one that feeds you. So we're going to have uh, small groups again, and we're going to look at what it means to be a church member. Uh, men in our class, and then the youth and others. But the thing I'm trying to get at is sometimes <coughs> Sometimes we just need to surrender and let somebody help us. 
We don't like to admit we need help. We don't. Some of you didn't get much sleep this past week because Santa needs you to help put some things together. And I'm going to tell you, I've, I've had my part in assembling things. I don't miss those days. I'll be honest with you. I go to bed whenever time I want to on Christmas Eve. And I don't feel sorry for y'all because I pulled my stint in purgatory. <laughs> I put together swing sets that rub the devil. But the worst was a tricycle that all, and it wasn't even for my kid, it was for my niece. It, I, I'm not joking now. The directions were in uh, Chinese. There were no English. And of course, I'm a man, so I got two. What's the big deal? It is a tricycle. I don't even have to put four tires, just three. No. It was a North Korean clock. What? It was a, some kind of Islamic infiltration into our Christmas Eve spirit. Because it was just unbelievable trying to figure that thing out. I tell Baker, you don't have to help me try to do you know at Thanksgiving there is a 1-800 number that you call to learn how to fix a turkey? Did y'all know that? There is. I, and a Butterball has a 1-800 hotline that you can call to make sure your turkey turns out on. I'm not joking. All of us need some help on something at some time. But the one thing I know we all need help with where to go and what to do in this life. There is no owner's manual for new babies. Just ask Coy and Jamie. There is no owner's manual for how to walk as a new believer in Christ. Those of you who are just baptized. It's not just, boom, come up out of the water, get dry, come back out, and everything's going to be okay. No. We're going to slap you right in the face. You're going to go back to work excited. Man, Lord, save me. I've been baptized. I love the Sunday school class. Preacher even did good Sunday morning. And you're going to walk in and think everybody else is going to be excited. And it's going to be, rah, 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 rah. and the world's going to eat you out in the face. You're going to go home for Christmas. Find out your brother's not having kidney stone surgery right now because they're afraid he's had a heart attack. So they got to deal with a little cardiologist and your other brother, his brother-in-law was in jail. And so they're having, he ain't kidding me. Uh, <laughs> and they're dealing with that. With issues over here, issues over there. And everybody's got issues. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's, and, and they carry that weight through the holidays. And, and everybody's on edge. And everybody's just ready to bite somebody else's head off. Have a good Christmas. How's yours go? Our satisfaction comes in Him alone. It says verse 9. And He was three days without sight, neither did He eat nor drink. When we come to a point that nothing this world has satisfies us, then Jesus will come in and fix it. If you've never fasted and prayed, I urge you to do so. 
If you need a guide to do it, come talk to me. I wrote a dissertation. I'm telling you, it will change your life. When you put everything else second behind Jesus. Paul couldn't pray, or couldn't eat, couldn't drink, couldn't do anything except focus on Christ. It was in not just surrender, but a satisfaction of who he was. But it was a productive life. He tells us in verse 20. And if you look back, you received me with strength. Saul had been taught. Scales had fell from his eyes. In verse 20, straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is this not he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest? But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is it was an overcoming life. It overcome his life by strengthening him physically and spiritually. It made him something he had never dreamed he could be. And I'm here to tell you this morning, as we're winding this down, and in just a moment, in the invitation, you're going to have an opportunity to respond. And if you will let God's light overwhelm you right now, God can strengthen you physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, educationally. Jesus Christ is all. And if you will trust Him, there's nothing He can't do. And we must trust Him in being that overcoming light in our lives. Not only was He strengthened, He was sent. And He went where God sent Him. And he was sustained as long as he lived. You say, oh, I thought he ended up losing his life for Christ. He did. <coughs> but we see him writing great things like, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept it. There is there now laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Not for me only, but for all those who look for His appearing, love His appearing. I'm here to tell you today, we need to let the lights shine. We need to let the light overwhelm us, overcome us, undergird us, direct us, bless us, strengthen us, heal us. And it's only the light of Jesus Christ that can do it. So as they come, right now, hear the words once again from the Apostle Paul. He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we thank not. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, Handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light 
the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into you. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let his light shine in your life today. As we stand, come. Come rest in his light. Come trust in his light right now. Lord, I come and I confess without me.
wonder what would have happened if Saul said, this, this won't work. I can't do this. And he did not follow. He did not surrender. He did not go. He did not serve. We know the Bible teaches us that if Esther would not have, that God would raise somebody else up who would. So we don't know what would have happened if Saul would not have done it. But we know that it would not have been good for Saul. So I urge you today, if you didn't come, that you know you should have. What can happen if you say no? You stay in the darkness. God has shined his light on you, but you still refuse. You've got your reasons why. None of them really matter because there are no excuses with God. We really believe that God can do anything. So, go today and be prayerful about God's direction in your life. May, may God restore your sight to see His will and His direction for what God can do in your life. May God bless you. Anything else before dismiss this morning? Yes, Ms. Ray. Sorry, I just wanted to mention um, Christ and Christ were there.